0: ask you to turn with me to Luke's Gospel, Chapter 22. There's a couple of, I guess, bookkeeping announcements here, but remember next Lord's Day, we look forward to having Richard Craig with us from our work down in Jamaica. Uh, If things go as planned, I hope to have Richard uh, bring us a report during the Sunday school hour And then speak in our evening service. So we look forward to that time if you haven't gotten to meet him. uh, It's been a joy a couple times at a week of prayer to enjoy his fellowship. So we're glad that he can work out a visit with us uh, prior to the minister's week of prayer. We'll be with you then and uh, for the morning service I'll be preaching. And then with you again on the Friday evening for our ordination service the 13th for Brother Jim. We look forward to several of the men. I know three at least of the officers plan to be here. We're hoping we can get some more uh, from Greenville and some of the students maybe trying to arrange a passage up here. So we we'll look forward for that time together uh, to be in prayer, as we said, for that. And then, Lord willing, um, the next few weeks, uh, we're going to take last year's vacation and this year's vacation and be with... Um, Lord willing, <laughs> Aaron and Johnny uh, coming from New Zealand, um, it's one of those things, I'm not going to believe it till it happens. Um, getting them here it might be as bad as getting a package there. I was telling Ben today, Brother Daniel, I didn't tell you yet, we have got to chastise the post service. Jan got a, a really nice diaper bag for Aaron for Christmas. All their presents are stuck in the corner still, they're opened, they're just here Anyway, Aaron said, you know, that'd be nice to have that for the trip. So March the, what, 10th? (laughs) March the 3rd, Jan went to the post office. They said, no problem, be there in 10 to 12 business days, 90-some bucks to mail it. It's not there yet. I've got the tracking information, though. It's had a, never mind, how did I get there? But uh, anyway, but we plan to be with them and to meet them there. Be with Jan's brother, Lord willing, that Lord's Day, and then just zigzag at Aaron's Desire from National Park to National Park on the way back here. But uh, we will miss you, but we will be with those that we've missed a lot longer than we've missed any of you for the last four years. So anyway, let's open to Luke 22 and get the preacher to be quiet and change gears there. But like I said, just a few bookkeeping announcements for that. I want to read tonight from verse 7 in this chapter, obviously the familiar words of the institution of the Lord's Supper. but Luke 22 and verse 7. Then came the day of unleavened bread, when the Passover must be killed. And he sent Peter and John, saying, Go and prepare us the Passover that we may eat. And they said unto him, Where wilt thou that we prepare? And he said to them, Behold, when you are entered into the city, there shall a man meet you bearing a pitcher of water. Follow him into the house where he entereth in. And ye shall say unto the goodman of the house, The Master saith unto thee, Where is the guest chamber where I shall eat the Passover with my disciples? And he shall show you a large upper room furnished. There make ready. And they went and found as he had said unto them, and they made ready the Passover. And when the hour was come, he sat down and the twelve apostles with him. And he said unto them, With desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say unto you, I will not any more eat thereof until it be fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took the cup and gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say unto you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine, until the kingdom of God shall come. And he took bread, and gave thanks and brake it, and gave unto them, saying, This is my body which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. Likewise also the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood which is shed for you. Linda reading, again trusting the Lord's blessing to be on the public reading of his word. This is one of those occasions where I avoid the charge of plagiarism and just ascribe much, most of what follows to our dear brother, Dr. Barrett, who has been quite well represented this evening. I'm sure we've mentioned, but that opening hymn by Chris Anderson, His Robes for Mine. I know that that stemmed from truth that he learned in Dr. Barrett's class. I know the lecture that I'm sure he was impressed with that truth under. Dr. Barrett used to teach a course for the undergraduate students. A lot of his work was with the grad students and the professor of squiggly letters and all such things. But they turned him loose a time or two in the year to teach English Bible to the undergraduate students. And he taught a course in the Minor Prophets. And he just pauses in Zechariah chapter 3 in that picture of Joshua's change of garments and just preaches justification. If you've read his book, Complete in him he speaks of a girl one day in that class, and I know again it was that lecture, that just burst into tears because she had never heard the truth of imputed righteousness. She She knew the Lord, she loved the Lord, but she had a partial grasp of what was given to her in Christ, His robes for mine. What a wonderful exchange it is. Well, we're not in Zechariah 3, and I'm not stealing that message from Dr. Barrett, but I am stealing some, can we say it without disrespect, not overly original thoughts with regard to the Passover. We've read tonight the institution of the Lord's Supper, but the Lord took the occasion of the Passover meal, and of course, even in the providence of God, the time of His crucifixion was lined up with the Passover feast, because here is the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. But it's entirely fitting that our New Testament remembrance of Christ is connected with that Old Testament remembrance of Israel's deliverance from Egypt. The Passover and the Exodus from Egypt is the premier type, if you will, in all the scriptures of redemption. It's a prototype of all other forms of deliverance. If you come in to look at the New Testament scriptures, there are 31 explicit references to the Passover, of which 22 of them are in conjunction with the Passover week, of which we've just read. I had a professor in my time studying in Wales that would have wanted to greatly increase this number of 31 explicit references to the Passover, for he pointed out places where, perhaps not explicitly, but the Passover imagery, and even the imagery of the firstborn, is seen Because it's so much, as we said, almost the preeminent gospel type. It was fitting for Israel that it was a repetitive feast. Year by year they came and observed the Passover ritual. It was to constantly remind them of their deliverance. We are to come regularly and repeat this New Testament commemorative meal. Because we are to be constantly reminded of our deliverance. And so we come tonight to consider, I say, some lessons from the Passover. These lessons that follow through for the Lord's table for us. The first lesson is this. It's a lesson in sovereign grace, it's one thing when you read the history of Israel there in Egypt and you see the condition of the people. It wasn't one of revival, it wasn't one of earnest seeking after God, it wasn't one of clear distinction between themselves and the Egyptians in their lifestyles. Truly, there were godly among the Israelites. But as you see that generation that came out and perished in the wilderness, in unbelief. It wasn't for their righteousness. It wasn't for their worthiness. No, it was a lesson, I say, in sovereign grace. It was the Lord that put a difference. It was the Lord that put a redemption between Israel and Egypt. And for them to understand and rightly observe their Passover, for us to understand and rightly observe the Lord's table, we must confess, I don't deserve to be God's child. I don't deserve to be delivered from my sins and from their penalty. God has graciously given me this deliverance. Really, even if you think of Israel's spiritual condition at the time, it was the promises that God made to Abraham, perhaps, if you will, more than anything else, that made him faithfully bring them out of Egypt. Well, so it is not for our worthiness, but for promises that he made in Christ. Before the foundation of the world that He sent Christ to be that Passover Lamb and to deliver us. So it's a lesson. Grace. But it's also a lesson in substitutionary atonement. The emblem there was perhaps even more vivid than ours. Because that night, there was a lamb slain. There was a victim. And understand, if you can again remember your Old Testament history and your Old Testament typology. In every home in Egypt that night, there was going to be a death. The death of the firstborn. The Egyptians, and I've always marveled at this. I remember thinking of it years ago in the context of assurance. We talked a good bit this morning about assurance. True believers struggle with assurance. We looked at it positively this morning. But the harder side of that, when those that have security, those that are saved... Yet struggle. They have doubts. They have fears. Well, that's again where we have to look away from self and look to Christ. We have to take God at His word. And then we're we're brought to assurance. But I've thought often of that Passover night. There may have been in the homes of some of the Israelites a trembling. Particularly in those that had a genuine fear of God. They knew The angel of death is passing through Egypt this night. The firstborn in every home will perish this night. Unless the blood is applied. Unless this Passover lamb has been accepted in the place of the firstborn. And you think of the firstborn in those Israelite homes. Some perhaps calm and believing; some perhaps trembling, and yet by faith they're under the blood. There were homes in Egypt where there was no fear of God; they weren't worried. The death angel came and passed over perhaps the trembling soul that was under the blood and took away in judgment the one not under the blood whether they trembled or not but the lamb that night was an obvious substitute there was going to be a death home that night but in the homes of the israelites in the homes of the faithful it was a lamb that died instead of the child. It was the lamb that the death angel visited and not the firstborn. We tonight have a lesson, the New Testament lesson of substitutionary atonement. Here's an emblem of a body broken instead of ours. Here's an emblem of blood shed Dead of ours and let us rejoice in rehearsing and remembering your story of this gospel this night in this place and lastly it's a lesson in saving faith there were lambs if you will everywhere that night But by faith, each home, each head of that home, and you think perhaps homes where understanding was deep, the Father taking that son aside, and slew the Lamb. This Lamb is perishing tonight instead of you. This Lamb will be a feast for us tonight and you'll be alive to enjoy it saving faith we as believers reckon upon the truth we look at what god has said we look at what god has done in jesus and we rejoice we have our own personal reflections You cannot take it mindlessly as it were. There's personal guilt. There's personal sin. We do deserve the death that we're not receiving. So let us not be unmindful of that. But let us rehearse again His robes for mine. He took my soiled, stained garments upon Himself that He might place His spotless garments upon me. He shed His blood that I might be purred. Reflections that Israel would have on the Passover, we have in a fuller sense. Because their Passover was a picture of a Savior to come. This is an emblem of a Savior that's already come. A work that's not just promised, and of course, when it's God that does the promising, it's as sure as already done. But we have a Savior who has already come. And He is one that's coming again. That's when this feast. Go His death until He comes. And the lessons that this feast teaches us rejoice afresh tonight in our Passover Lamb. I want to ask you to take the red, or excuse me,